Today we'll talk about how mobile technology is changing the university. of March 15th, 2010. <laughs> I'm stuttering here today, <laughs> but I'm Brian Yoki, and with me as always is Anna. Good morning, Brian. How's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing well. Morning listeners. Uh, welcome everyone to welcome. another wonderful show. Yes. Um, this is uh, a this is like a third time third third week in a row doing a live podcast. Yes. As well as recording it for so for those of you that are live. We welcome you, welcome you, and for those of you listening to the, I guess, pre-recorded, to the <laughs> right, recorded version, exactly. welcome as well. <laughs> uh, so it was a weekend, a, a frustrating weekend for me because we had the um, daylight savings time. Right. And um, we had to deal with that, so I'm still trying to adjust. I, I, I think that's something that needs to be done Friday night to give <laughs> us two days to get I ready. I think so, because I think coming in, everyone in the office is like half asleep. It's like, wake up. But yeah, definitely two days. Well, well, you know, and the toughest part is waking up, but more specifically is going to sleep, because I, I, I just wasn't tired when I should have been tired. And finally, when I was sure. tired, it was later. Yeah, you I know? mean, your body's yeah. going to have to get used yeah. to it eventually. But, yeah, I had a difficult time, too, because really when you went to bed, it was an hour early. Yeah. So your body's thinking, all right, it's time to play still. Exactly. So so, so needless to say, we're, we're up. Yes. We're, we've had our caffeine, <laughs> and we're moving forward with the show, which is going to be an awesome show because today we're going to talk a little bit about mobile technology in education. Uh, more specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about where it's where it's where it's gone in the last couple of years, and talk a little bit maybe about where it's going. Mm-hmm. It's um, we, I mean, this is certainly a topic that we've brought up several times. For it's sure. very dear to our hearts. We all have our have our mobile devices here. Uh, we're, we're keeping up on all the devices that are out, technology, the way it's being utilized, what what's getting announced, um, applications, and uh, and ways that individuals are using this. And and so this is something that we're just we've really been kind of you know on top of, and so we thought we would kind of take all this information, uh, uh, as well as some new information that we find and kind of just kind of discuss this, because it's there. There's definitely something here, I think. Well, I think you know a couple of weeks ago when we covered the Horizon report, it was mm-hmm. one of the the uh, adopting tools within the. And within I think it was 12 the months year or so. Before as well, yeah, right? exactly. So I mean, it, it's definitely you know made its mark on on society that this is a way mm-hmm. to go, and I think it's definitely changed the way we live. Yeah, and you know, as I guess we would kind of call ourselves early adopters. So you know, we've always looked at these, and we're like, mm-hmm. this is where it's at, and everyone's like. You got to get one. It, it, smartphones are where it's at, and I guess that's right. really kind of what we want to focus on today is kind of the smartphone. And the smartphone would be any sort of phone that does more than just kind of operate as a phone. Right. Uh, more specifically, web use of the web, 
uh, heavy web usage, um, mm -hmm. any of those kind of applications where it's more than just calling and even more than just text messaging. It's, it's using web interfaces, um, doing email, um, going to websites. Well, um, it's so much more, you know, it's being described as more like a little mini mm -hmm, computer that mm -hmm. you can take away with you. So that's, that's a great um, way of looking at it. I think that's, you know, they're, they're trying to um, create all these different functionalities so that it does represent kind of mm -hmm. like a computer, but so much more mm -hmm. smaller. Yeah, and there's, there's millions, <laughs> if not billions, of mobile phones out there. And it's still today, the smartphone has a small part of that market, but it's, it's, it's rising every year. In fact, last year, smartphone mm -hmm. sales were up 24% from the year before. And I believe in 2008, they were up 11% wow. from the year before. So, so <coughs> the sales of these devices are continuously growing. And obviously, right. as the prices and availability and popularity of these devices um, mm -hmm. become larger, sales will increase. Uh, and like I said, it's still a small percentage, but yet still a very significant percentage. Uh, last year, um, smartphones were 14% of the f mobile phones that were sold last year. Wow. So, so, the, so there's 14% of the phones out there, or at least sold last year, were smartphones. Mm -hmm. And of course, it was 11% in 2008. That's where I had the 11 right. for me. So, so there, there you go. There, mm -hmm. There's your first start of... The fact that these peop that people are buying these phones and they're starting to use them, mm -hmm. um, and in, and when it comes to use, uh, usage is basically most of most of the web traffic that's coming from mobile devices. So so if there's mobile web traffic out there and people are monitoring this, it's going to be from a smartphone. And do you think that based on the sales and the stats that you just mentioned, that um, it has to as a, a I guess a result of the iPhone phenomenon that it pretty much pushed the sales up. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly the iPhone was the big one out there, the one that kind of iPhone pushed it out into Blackberry. the mainstream. Blackberry was a big one. Mm -hmm. um, the Android phone was pretty big out, out there. Um, you know, another stat that we have here that kind of talks about the usage of these phones, um, and this I believe is in the U.S. Last year, the iPhone had 54, so half of the mobile web traffic out there was the iPhone. And that was 54%. That's incredible stats. It's a huge like stat. 54% just uh -huh. on one device. Yeah. And another 27% another was using the Android operating system, which would be a Google phone, a G1 phone, um, <coughs> Droid, Motorola Droid. Um, and there's a couple, a couple others out there that are also using that operating system. So between the iPhone and Android, that's 81% of the market using, mo using the mobile web traffic. Wow. Um, the other 19% would be your Palm Centrals, your Palm Pre, your Blackberries, and any of those kind of devices. Mm -hmm. So, so definitely iPhone and Android are big there. Again, iPhone's got 54%. And apparently, students have become obsessed with their iPhones. <laughs> and it's not just speculation now. There was a, um, a, a study that, um, what was it, in California? <laughs> study yeah, in Stanford? It was, it was actually yeah, at Stanford. Um, so it was a great article through that was published through... Uh, TechCrunch, um, they talked about, um, it was a study that was surveyed some of the students at Stanford, around 200 students, and basically the results pretty much aren't really surprising that of the 200 students that were surveyed, pretty much 10% of them acknowledged that they were fully addicted to their iPhone, meaning... So, so, so yeah, so what, what addicted to their <laughs> iPhone? So, let me just kind of backtrack um, based, um, 
just a little bit back uh, the, the background history on the scale. So one being that they weren't addicted and then five being addicted. So I guess the addiction counts that they would take it everywhere with them. So even, no matter where they go. No, they even to bed with them. So I think as a result, some of these, I think um, 85% of the iPhone users actually use the phone as you know as their watch um an alarm clock they took it to to sleep with them basically it was like right next to them so that basically you know pushed the stats up as being addicted to you know six percent saying they weren't addicted so they would you know periodically like check the iphone um access the web for content etc so I and mean, when you think about it it's basically it's changing the way we live i mean we rely on this device so much i mm -hmm. mean Gone are the days where we had to be in front of the computer to search <laughs> results for something. Now, Gone are the days of having <laughs> to be in front of a computer, exactly. which isn't that far behind either. I know, exactly. And that, you know, it's quite alarming to think how fast, I guess, we, you know, society has kind of like embraced this technology and, and totally changed you know, the, the outcome of it. Th that's interesting to me because we were talking last week just about how how vital it is to have access to the internet mm -hmm. because of the wealth of information that's up there. You know, we talked about Wikipedia and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've evolved to the point where we need this information not only in front of us on these desktops, we want, we want, we want them at our fingertips all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and that is, is apparently where it's going. And that's great. I, I guess um, you, you've um, raised a really great um, point here because a report that um, I've been research, researching on, and I think we covered it a couple mm -hmm. podcast episodes, it was a university, Abilene Christian University. They came out with this study, um, mobile e-learning report. Yeah, this, this was is back in 2008. And this is where they, um, they were taking, they decided to develop a curriculum, or not so much a curriculum, but basically build in the iPhone and the iPod Touch into the university community, and part of that was providing it to their students. Mm -hmm. And they were going to develop applications around it that made, well, it was the idea was to kind of make their, their lives mm -hmm. more accessible, I guess, yeah. as far as scheduling and exactly. classes and maps of right. campus and things like that. And there's been, you know, several universities, you know, a couple of years ago that have actually launched a, a very similar project, and I think one of the, the, um, the more well-known is Duke University. Yeah. This was back probably like four or five years ago, back in 2004, when the actual iPod I remember um, that. device came out. So they um, handed out the iPod device to every um, incoming kind of like first year right. students. So they wanted to see how well the study, how well the, the students, um, whether that changed the way student access the content from the device. Uh, and they were essentially example, using podcast. that since these were the older iPods, you were putting lecture material and right, things like that. Right, exactly. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, five years later, now with the whole iPhone where it's basically an all-in-one smorgasbord. You can do everything. So uh, Abilene Christian University in Texas um, gave out an iPhone or an iTouch to they're our first-year students and basically based on this kind of project they selected five kind of fellows five professors that would partake in this study so it was you know across various discipline one was you know teaching chemistry the other would be in info information technology etc so they wanted to I guess see how 
whether there was a difference between right, so students so they, accessing so they from launched an iPhone. they launched the program mm -hmm. they got devices out to the students and it's been a year and now they're coming back with some stats yes i think we've all been anxious to finally hear where they're going with that for sure i, I think you know some of the the results you know i've got it in my hand here so i'll just kind of like put it up to the camera yeah, here so this was a report <laughs> i know it's black and white, so the, the the color printer, I guess, was having issues. We'll have a link to this in the yeah. In the so show notes. this was probably you know a, a year and a half later, um, based on the results. Real quick, you can do a Google search for Abilene Christian University, 2008-2009 mobile learning report. Mm -hmm. And um. I'm sure you know that they've hit so much traffic now based on this report. So they came out um, with this report more so for their. Um, some of the trustees. So they wanted to to partake in this study whether there was a difference between students that access content from an iPhone versus an iTouch, whether, and based on the results, um, it showed that students with an iPhone, um, they interacted more with the device, they took it with them to the class. Um, so overall, the interaction, the stats, the results, were much higher on the iPhone device than the iTouch. Um, so, so they were using the iPhone more than the iTouch. And mm -hmm. why is that? I think the fact that it was more um, in terms of accessibility on campus, so the, the, the network coverage. That's right. Um, because the iPod Touch, you have to be... You've got to be in various hot spots. Yeah, exactly. So it was more convenient that with the iPhone, mm -hmm. it was accessible pretty much from anywhere. Plus, it's always it's, it's, it's also a phone. So exactly. You want to have the phone, your phone Right. You. So, I mean, you know, the, the iTouch has pretty much almost a benefit, except you can't really make out, outbound calls, etc. So I'm just kind of looking at some of the results. Um, and what's great about it was uh, one of the professor that... Um, was teaching this, partaking in this study, he was teaching a, a kind of like a programming course. So he encouraged students in his class to develop like a, a um, apps for the, the phone. Right. So you're finding that gone are these are days now that, you know, you have to be like a, prog a professional program, whatever. They're actually embedding that into the actual course um, and encouraging students to to create these different games and apps for the actual iPhone. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, that was a, a great way to, to obviously to increase the traffic and for the students to become familiar with the device. Another uh, instructor who was teaching chemistry, um, I think gone are the days, you know, with chemistry, you go into the lab, you had to read up on all the content. But now, based on this report, students that actually had the iPhone and iTouch they were able to access the content, you know, read up ahead, um, browse around some of the, the various tools needed to go into the chem chemistry lab. So once they got into the, the labs, they knew exactly what they needed to so do. So they were more just more prepared. Exactly. And as a result, um, they, they basically didn't require a lot of the GA's assistance um, or even instructors. So, you know, it, it was a great way to see that the, the instructor the instructor would post all the content ahead of time. They would access it, um, you know, read up on it, and we're pretty much well prepared once they got into the classroom. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was, you know, very positive um, so result So you're starting there. to see results that definitely look like there's a positive. Oh, for sure. Uh -huh. So 
like I said, the study started in about 2008, August of 2008. They handed out all these um, iPhones and iTouches, and five um, faculty fellows were chosen part of this study. I think based on its success, I think this um, time around, they've chosen, I think, six uh, new set of fellows to partake in this study. So, um, yeah, it, it's very positive overall. Um, mm -hmm. It's been embraced. They've they've covered, um, they've presented at various conferences. They created, you know, various videos. So it's, you know, put a name for themselves, you know, on the Texas map. Right, so, I right. Mean, yeah. Well, that was, that was no one heard about the, the university. Everyone, you know, everyone in our field and in instructional technology and, in, you know, academic technology knows who this university is and right. we all got our eyes open and we're waiting to see what happens mm -hmm. with, with this with this project and with this study oh for sure and i mean you know when as i was reading up on the report you know they you know as with any kind of project you know there were some challenges mm -hmm. and i think one is that they they need for like a greater development of the training in the classroom to use some of the applications so hopefully you know as the the actual um study progresses they will offer more training to this to assist you know faculty how to use some of these content mm -hmm. in the classroom to assist them so that you know it makes it a, lot, a better tr um, transition that makes total sense you, you know you have the apps on there um, and and some students you know they might not understand how the application works and you know training around that's certainly going to help you know I think there's also a lot of distractions that could come from this device which isn't necessarily a positive or a negative um, if anything, it'll lead to some more, you know, unique ways that the device can be used, you know, on a university, whether mm -hmm. it be a social application or an academic application. For sure. And um, I think as part of the, the Abilene Library Consortium, um, there, there's a group that are actually working on this app that's going to allow users to place a hold on some books. Um, and be able to access the materials from any of the, the library consortium or the the, um, the the group, I guess, that is part of that. So, you know, it's definitely opened up um, a lot of doors for a lot of faculty, students, and even other um, third-party kind of collaborators to, to come up with all these apps to, to make it a lot easier for, for students to retrieve the content. I mean... At the university, you know, some of the students developed um, reality games for the iPhone, so it helped facilitate facilitate interaction amongst new students. So mm -hmm. it's more kind of like an ice-breaking um, game. You come in, you, you don't know anyone, so, you know, these new games were like more introduction, how's it going, you know, what state are you from, what are you studying, what are your skills. definitely a lower-level development right now. Oh, it's for sure. entry... Yeah, and, and they're also making it, you know, fun for uh, for people to access the content. I think um, in, in the report it mentioned that um, and some other students were developing a, a reality game that you would play, almost like Second Life, you would drive around like a cart. So it showed the various maps of, of the university building so that you can um, become familiar, even for prospective students to, to find out, um, oh, okay, this is where my chemistry class is oh, going to be. This be, is my building. So That would be great. Yeah, it yeah. just made it a lot easier for students because you know how difficult it is if you mm -hmm. don't have the, the ability to visit the campus physically. So, you know, downloading oh. this app on your iPhone and, and basically being able to navigate and do a tour of the university, I think it's... Um, 
you know, a, a lot easier to. I think that's a that would that's a great use of. Uh, I mean, I've used Google Maps on my, on my mobile device, and it's it's great for getting around. I can only imagine if I was a student again on campus for the first time I remember mm -hmm. my first first year as a freshman trying to find everything stumbling around with your books and your schedule trying to figure right. out where your classroom was for sure if I had a device where I could pop up and it would tell me exactly where to go mm -hmm. that would just be that'd be a great benefit you know integrating the student into the university and getting them uh, getting them prepared for their experience right. exactly and of course other things um, and, and the ability to kind of send this data to you know your peers your family when they come visit and I mean that's just a, that's just a starting point for getting the students into this, and then as you mentioned, um, giving them the ability to access uh, materials from the library, mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully down the road we'll start to see more um, course content that's available on there. Mm -hmm. and, and where are we with that? Yeah, exactly. I mean the report was only about you know thirty pages. It right. was very more like a, a, a prom promotional report. You know, had some stats you know, minimal stats, I would say, based on some of the, the research findings, but a lot of them was promoting themselves, what what conferences they were actually speaking um, at, um, some of the actual projects, the, the professors that they're working on. So, you know, I was trying to e extract a lot of the data, mm -hmm. but I couldn't really find a whole lot. But I mean, overall, I, I kind of got an understanding mm -hmm. that it was a very successful um, first year project. But um, very, yeah, but and, you know, year. faculty, students, everyone really embraced it well. And I think, as you know, from the results, it was quite positive that I'd embrace it if I was a student and I was oh, getting exactly. a free iPhone. I know. But I think the catch was, you know, a lot of a lot of the students, um, if they weren't on AT and T, they didn't. That wasn't their provider. They pretty much chose the iTouch because Got they it. didn't want to change it. But Makes sense. if students were already on um, the AT&T network, then they basically got the iPhone got and continue with their services. So, you know, some of those kind of a little bit you know, hic hiccup, but mm -hmm. I guess, you know, in the end, I think it really didn't um, affect the results that much. So I think, you know, that's, that's basically one um, major kind of um, report or usage that a university has been working on or embracing the actual smartphone mobile device mm -hmm. in the campus um, and I know definitely at, at our university um, we I know Blackboard which is one of the, the content management system that we're using they have actually created a an, an app and it's called the, Mo the Blackboard Mobile Central so that allows students to be able to access some of the content from and and, and we this is something we can use here at University of Colorado well I think um, it's still kind of like in the intro stage and I think definitely in version 9 of Blackboard um, it will probably be um, more accessible so right it's now. So it's not readily available yet? Not not a whole lot. I so mean, if I went to Blackboard and put the app on here I wouldn't be able to interface I with mean you, you probably could access some of the content but I'm <laughs> just saying in version 9 is probably like a full functioning um, of the application. So you know as you can see that there's more and more content management systems are actually creating these applications to allow for um, students to be able to access from you know their their smartphones no that that that, that that's that's because of smartphone that's a smart thing to do <laughs> for sure uh, um, and I yeah I'd be I'd be anxious to see that yeah I, I hear I teach a class here in the school of education and sometimes mm -hmm. I would love the fact I'd love the ability to just log into my course show using eCollege mm -hmm. on my on my mobile device as opposed to having to find a workstation. Right. You know, I could if I'm out or about, you know, I see an email from a student, 
I'd like to be able to go in there and be able to make any adjustments that I can at that point without having to go back to, you know, it's it's the whole integration, integrating mm-hmm. everything, you know, around right. your life. And I, I like that. And yeah. I think that would be a great, a great feature. And I think a lot of these um, content management systems, I think they, obviously one of the, the, the restrictions or barriers is the authentication process. Uh-huh. I think with any system, you've got to basically sign in with your student or or whatever profile that you have multiple times. So I think with any of these apps, if it's just like a single sign-on, you can get to your content. I think it just makes it a lot easier for students that, oh no, you know, I've got to authenticate again. So I wish I was on Blackboard. I'd put that app on here, but we're using eCollege. Is there anything coming up? Um, eCollege, um, at the moment, I think I was reading up um, just beginning this past year, they partnered with um, Pearson, which is kind of owner of e-college right so it was kind of like the state of um louisiana so it's more like an online learning program for for some of the um students to be able to access course materials via via at&t and and it's basically on the the blackberry um phone so you know there are kind of like initiatives and programs that um e-college are working on so you know who's to say you know within the next couple of months or a year that that will come up with something that's more uh, accessible by everyone. I'm looking at it right now, not eCollege, but I just pulled up the Blackboard. It's called Blackboard Learn. Okay. Blackboard Learn, it's a mobile app for the iPhone. Receive course information and updates from Blackboard Learn right on your iPhone. So I don't know any more details on that, but there's screenshots on here. There's a screenshot. It looks like, yeah, a real... Do you have like a Blackboard account? I don't. Otherwise, I'd, I'd check okay. it out. Um, but yeah, so so there's definitely an application it's out there for people for that sure, are using yeah. Blackboard. And I think, you know, like like I said, when I did the research, I think definitely version 9 is um, probably, they might have ironed out some of these issues that we're having mm-hmm. um, in the current version. But, you know, I think it, it, it's great that a lot of these um, third-party applications are out there developing these content and the tool given to for students to be able to access content from anywhere. Yeah. And um, so as we wait for that, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's good to think about think about how we as educators in education can take advantage of this mobile this mobile revolution for lack of a better term mm-hmm. because students are more and more going to be mobile. Um, and they're going to want to have the access to content outside from the other, from from the other realms, which may be a classroom or a, an online course. And I know there's been a lot of applications, at least in the world of um, the iPhone, um, Android phones. There's a lot of ed- applications out there that are already useful to, to for educators. And what we did is I found a great list um, from. Oh, the Open Education Database, I think, is the website. But we'll put this link in the show notes. But they have a they have a posting out there, and it's the top 50 iPhone apps for educators. Oh, wow. So, and it's just got a list of all these different applications. And they won't, m- m- not all of them are specific to teaching and learning. Mm-hmm. But th- they're great apps that might be for um, just organization, um, you know, getting getting things 
calendaring and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also some great tools out there that could help you in the classroom and, and while, while you're teaching. So it's a, it's a great list, uh, you know, especially if you're an iPhone or iTouch user, check out the list. And if not, check it out and see what the potential could be in the future um, because these, these applications right. are already out there and we're so, starting to so see So how them. many apps have actually a part of Apple? Like how many do they release? Are we talking a couple thousand now? I, I, I believe it's in the millions as far as the amount of apps that are available on the, the iPhone store, I think it's called, the mm -hmm. app store. Uh, and, you know, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the availability of the devices. There's definitely a lot more apps available for this as, as opposed to uh, a, a Google phone mm -hmm. that's running Android or a Palm. Right. But, you know, with, with the combination of, of these operating systems that are out there, there are millions of applications out there, mm -hmm. and there th that that's going to be growing, you know. Oh, for sure. Huge, huge by huge numbers as mm -hmm. as as we go on in the years. Um, so so there's definitely no turning back at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, as we mentioned that, you know, there's definitely alternatives to these mobile devices, and and we we've, we've talked about them in the past. You know, uh, obviously, laptops are certainly a mobile device, not not quite as mobile as this. Right. And um, we've talked about netbooks in the past, and these are kind of more functioning computers. Uh, most people nowadays have a laptop as just strictly that's their main computer mm -hmm. um, but there seems to be another revolution about to take hold here mm -hmm. and it's this I guess this kind of happy medium between the laptop and the mobile device and I you know and you know many may know of them as the tablets tablet PCs they've been known in the past mm -hmm. um, the uh, e-readers mm -hmm. such as the Kindle and the Nook um, we've talked about those in the past. Those have connection to the internet and do offer some interactivity that's more than just reading books. For sure. We're definitely bound to see further development on that. Mm -hmm. um, just earlier in this year, Apple announced the iPad, and a lot of people are waiting to see that what's going to happen with that. Mm -hmm. And essentially, uh, what the iPad is, it's, it's a much larger iPhone or iPod Touch, mm -hmm. you know, with a bigger interface. Um, and the ability to kind of add more interactivity because of the screen size. Right. Um, it's going to have a bookstore related to it, so so individuals will be able to download books right onto their big device. It'll have obviously full internet capabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is definitely more of a mobile device as opposed to a laptop, but certainly not quite as portable as something you can throw in a pocket. Um, but these are definitely going to have an impact, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it may bridge that gap from the laptop to the mobile device. Um, D Dell, Dell's, um, there's a prototype Dell Mini 5 out there that's um, apparently possibly running Android on there. Um, Windows 7 announced, or Windows announced a Windows 7 tablet earlier in the year. Wow. Because um, it's quite crazy, crazy because, you know, a couple of years ago, the tablet came out, uh -huh. and it wasn't really like a popular um, device. Were, you're right. You're right. The tablet was still a little bulky. It was definitely mm -hmm. smaller than a laptop. It mm -hmm. gave the ability to have the touchscreen. But I think as as the technologies evolved and as the, sure. um, more specifically the technology revolving around using the touchscreen, mm -hmm. um, you're starting to see less and less of the stylus. 
Yeah. Um, a lot of these newer devices are all about you so using, gesture based yeah, now. You're using, using your, your fingers, fingers and on scrolling. the screen and all right. that kind of stuff. And um, I think that's starting to see see where it's going. Mm -hmm. um, another thing to think about is uh, Google launched. Um, not only do they have their mobile device operating system, but they're in the process of um, deploying an operating system based on a browser. Right. And that that's another perfect platform to have a mobile. Um, a tablet kind of operating system using using the Chrome operating system. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of potential op applications, a lot of potential platforms for running mobile software that's, I mean, on the brink of coming out. So, mm -hmm. so we have these phones, we have these mobile smartphones, and then we have another slew of devices about to be deployed. A few of them already out there, such as the Kindle and the Nook. Um, mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot more potential for development to take this content and bring it into higher education. And and I guess one point that I wanted to uh, mention based on the, the report, um, it, it talked about how the mobile learning has actually represented a shift between the relationship um, with the information and the learner. Um, you know, previously the learner would have to go and and basically retrieve all that content but now basically information is readily available it's ubiquitous so it's just constantly there so it's always present for learners so I guess it's, it's definitely taken a shift in that mm -hmm. sense that um, now I would say faculty would need to what um, kind of tailor their their teaching um, their course to kind of like um, allow for that shift because the expectation for the students is that the content has to be within reach within a few seconds. I would say, yeah. whereas before, they would they would have to wait, you know, a day or. The you attention know. spans are getting shorter. Yeah, and shorter for sure. And so I think it, it's definitely, you know, changing the way we present mm -hmm. and retrieve the, mm -hmm. the content. Yeah, I was in a conversation about that just this past week, about you know response time. Mm -hmm. And what, what this response time should be is 24 hours now too long of a response time. Right. Um, you know, people want instant gratification. So, mm -hmm. so you know, and, and mobile has a role in this because we have this information accessed anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, so w well, on that note, are you going to be upgrading your mobile device anytime soon? Are you getting, are you getting, um, <laughs> are you feeling hungry? Oh, uh, for sure, I'm always, I, I think um, the only drawback that <laughs> I haven't jumped into it is right now, especially with the iPhone, uh, I've been talking about wanting one for the last couple of years, is I, I just don't want, I want the device to be open up to different providers mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, you know, I want to have options to be able to go with someone else mm -hmm. other than AT&T. Yeah, I mean, and, and, that, and that's, that's certainly something that's, you know, everyone's got their eye open for. Um, you obviously, it was definitely a little bit of a different, um, I guess, a different environment on how mobile phones were, I guess, purchased down mm -hmm. in Australia. And it was real more popular to buy a phone and then buy the service and apply to the phone. Exactly. Whereas here, you have to buy the right. service and basically sign your life away for two <laughs> exactly. years. Exactly, right. And then they give you the device. Yeah, and I think, and, and uh, you know, obviously it probably evens out because, you know, in Australia, you buy the, out, the phone outright, so you get to keep it. Mm -hmm. um, you pay but, a lot for but it. But you pay a lot. But then you can roam around and go with any provider. Not mm -hmm. that there's really any 
major choices. So it's uh-huh. either you know Optus or uh, someone else. Um, but the fact that you know you can just be on like a prepaid plan, you know, put in mm-hmm. the, the SIM card in the back of the device, and you're basically on your way, merry way. Yeah. Whereas here, you have to be you know tied mm-hmm. into a provider for at least two years. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously all these restrictions if you break the contract and this and that, um, etc. So, you know, but th- but the fact that now there's other choices, you know, with the iPad, with the Dell Mini 5, etc. Right. And just these other phones. Um, you it know. sounds very promising. Mm-hmm. It, it's very um, enticing, I guess, to mm-hmm. kind of like rear into that different direction. And Google has their Google has their own phone called the Nexus One that you can. I believe only get on Google's website, mm-hmm. and they've set that up so you can put it on several providers. Mm-hmm. I think right now the big focus is T-Mobile, but that's you know they're trying to they're trying to um, break some barriers with that as well because they see that as a barrier, you know, and that's a that's the main reason that you have the phone you have and you don't have an iPhone. Right, and speaking of the iPhone, you've got one. Like, how's that worked out for you? I mean, are, are you? Happy with the actual device? I'm really happy with the device. Um, I have the same complaints that most of the most a lot of people have. The big thing is, you know, there is definitely a big bottleneck with the AT&T network, especially especially in um, more populated areas. Mm -hmm. Um, Denver is pretty good, but I have certain instances where it's really frustrating. Um, I've heard from people living in San Francisco, New York, that it's almost pointless to have an iPhone because you're not going to get any connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that certainly can be frustrating. But as far as usability of device, um, I, I've really grown to like it. You know, the applications I have on there, you know, um, you know, it's the same thing. I carry this thing with me everywhere, and you mm-hmm. know, because it, it just the access the information I have on there. Um, you know, and there's some other things that people gripe about with the with the iPhone. You know, the lack of true multitasking. Certainly, some applications you're allowed to multitask on there, but mm-hmm. not the whole, not not the other ones. I, I I get frustrated with some of that stuff and some other nuances. But for the most part, it's worked out pretty well, and it's it's certainly been a a, a life changing for me as as how I've looked at these devices mm-hmm. um, because of the greater reach. To mm-hmm. information. I guess one concern that um, I'm sure is probably on everyone's mind is that as these companies start pushing out more and more of the technology, I think you, you definitely need the infrastructure to, to back up these mm-hmm. devices. And, and, and a clear example is with this whole phenomenon of the iPhone is that they're pushing out, the, the sales have increased, you know, one in every, what, three people probably seems right. to have an iPhone. But if they don't have the actual infrastructure to, I guess, hold all these, um, the users, you know, I think sometimes it's pointless that they're pushing out these devices, but yet people don't actually reap the benefits of the actual device and 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 the coverage. I mean, you're getting dropped phone calls every Mm -hmm. now and then, not being able to access the internet from, you know, wherever you are. That's a challenge in itself right there, you know, and, you know. AT&T says they're continuously building their network and upgrading it, you know, and trying to, you know, give themselves the network that can, you know, be applied to this large, large contingency of phones out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see and, and hope for the best. And, you know, w- w- it'll change. Things will change. There will be other devices out there. Oh, for sure. The way, the way that the Internet is you know, sent to these phones will probably change um, with with things like FiOS coming out and and um, WiMAX and all that. Mm-hmm. It, it's certainly going to change the way that we access information. Um, this stuff's starting to go in cars, even. 
Mm. And and so so yeah, the networks definitely have to be increased and ready for this explosion. I mean, it, it's a small explosion now. It's only going to get bigger. Right. So. So there you have it, folks. That's 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 kind of our take on where we are with with mobile mobile technology and in, in, in education. We'd love to hear your comments, um, thoughts on this because you know as it is new to the world it's just going to be changing and we want to we want to explore every avenue with that so yeah definitely um send us an email um let us know how you're actually using a, a smartphone device in your course or your university or a class um you know a clear example that we gave today was was abilene christian university yeah. you know they take this whole explosion of the iphone and basically turn it around and 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 spat out a very positive outcome of of this um project i guess yeah. so you know any thoughts comments let us know yeah if you're using if you're using mobile technology in your class mm -hmm. please let us know we'd love to talk to you about it and hear about it um and and you know and share share it with everyone else because that's where it's at um and you can do that at techheads.com mm -hmm. we're there that's t-e-c-h-h-e-d-s.com and you can hit the contact and send us a nice little email um and and be sure to go to that site always for our updates and we're constantly we're updating the site anytime we we put the new episodes up there um and that's where you can access us live so exactly if, you, if you're not doing anything on a monday morning and would like to kind of join the conversation we have the live video going um we have a chat room going yes and even if you want to just take a glimpse of our wonderful studio <laughs> and us jump on board us still getting used to it yeah but, exactly um it's been a lot of fun so with that said, we'll be back next week with another we episode. Will. So stay tuned. Um, stay tuned for that and take a listen to this, and we'll see you next week. All right. See ya.